Welcome to the world of Pokemakers. I'm Professor Fierce. And I'm Professor Fierce. But if that's too confusing, you can call us... JD... And Alex. For some people, Pokemon are pets. Others use them for battles. We're here to create all new Pokemon... And a world for them to inhabit. Last time, we ended Season 1. It's Season (laughs) 2! Yeah. Now it's time for Season 2 of Pokemakers, Alex. Season 2! Oh, I'm so excited. Do you remember when we started Season Uh 1? We're like, we're just gonna do this. If it doesn't work... Yeah. We don't have to do more than one season, Yeah, it sounds like a fun thing. We're gonna try it. <laughs> now we're doing season two because it did work and it was really fun. Now I can't imagine not carrying on. New themes, new Pokemon, new region, do the things! <laughs> if this is your first episode, Pokemakers is a podcast where I, JD, and me, Alex, work together to create an entire Pokemon game. That means a region and a world to explore and inhabit, many Pokemon to find therein. We're talking the big stuff, yeah. the plot, the setting, the gyms, significant and NPCs. We're yeah. gonna go through all of the major aspects of a Pokemon game and design our own. So today we're gonna start things off by deciding what we're doing for our new game. Back at this time in season one, we decided on the Alsea region based on the US West Coast. Mm-hmm. We also at this time in season one talked about other Pokemon games and regions of the past and I don't want to retread that too much but since we did that a whole new Pokemon game has come out so we can talk a little bit about that and what that means. Paldea has really opened opened up. Yeah. A lot of room to- Potential and ideas. To just do things that we've never seen before. Yeah. Season one, we played it by the book. When we started that though, it felt like we were really pushing the boat out with some of the ways (laughs) we were exploring. The ways the elemental shards let you explore Ulsea. That's fair. It felt at the time like it was really pushing the boat. And now, Pokemon is just fully open world. Yeah. Which means we can push a little bit further. Yeah. So, Generation 1 had red and green and blue and yellow. And Kanto is interesting because it shares its name with the area it's based on. It's based on the Kanto region of Japan, which which is the actual name actual of the place. Yeah. Sword and Shield showed us England and now we've got the Iberian Peninsula, Spain and Portugal mm-hmm. in Scars and Violet bringing it back to the colour names as well which is fun. Yeah. You know, we went through gemstones and then we went through letters <laughs> and other paired themes. It's fun considering how much this game in particular breaks the mould but mm-hmm. then still kind of coming back around to that colour naming convention feels like a fun way to tie back in. Yeah. So as we go through we're going to spend less time thinking about the first eight generations of Pokemon. If they're particularly relevant to what we're talking about, we'll bring it up. But otherwise, we'll just try and compare more to what we got in Paldea and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet for the latest versions and things we haven't talked about on the podcast as much yet. Because we've talked about the other regions in Season 1 and we don't want to bore you. Yeah. Deciding where we're going to base our new region. In Episode 1, when we made Ulsea, Mm -hmm. we had two alternate ideas that we said at the time, maybe one day if we feel like doing a Season (laughs) 2... We can come back to these. You re-listened to that episode. I did. So do you remember what our suggestion... I remember what mine was. Well, here's the thing. We've been talking a little bit already, and the two countries that came to mind for us were the same two we mentioned at the time. Yeah. And you say you remember what yours was, but I think you've actually got it backwards. What are you going to say was your idea? Australia? No, at the time, your idea was Italy. Really? And Australia was my idea. Really? Uh Uh-huh. Because now I feel like that's (laughs) flip-flop. I'd say regardless, the two countries we feel most strongly about doing are still Australia and Italy. Mm-hmm. We're now venturing more into the unknown than we've done in the past. With Alcia, we had Alex as our local expert with West Coast knowledge. <laughs> 
And that is going to be less so now, regardless. So episodes are going to require more research, digging yeah. into whatever location we decide on. If you listen to our recent guest spot on Home for Wayward OCs, Christina also asked us about how we tried to ensure we were culturally sensitive. Now that we're venturing outside of territory from either of us, that again would be a concern for us and something we have to be on our toes about. That's why we're staying away from areas such as, say, Africa or South America as rich as those cultures are we would be way out of our depth further into the future when we've got more ability to do research and more people we could potentially draw on for help yeah that's something yeah. we could consider we're kind of wading into the shallow end yeah of exploring different cultures so let's consider though with australia and italy what are our pros for doing either region australia mm-hmm. extremely open world viable <laughs> you just have a giant area in the middle that's just the outback it's just the outback yeah fascinating wildlife mm-hmm. very very unique set of wildlife. Yeah. It has like a very classic aesthetic. Yeah. Very as, rugged. Yeah. As well as the landmarks of Australia, like the Great Barrier Reef, the Opera House. Sydney and, Opera House. Yeah. House the Opera House. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I feel like there's a lot of fun potential. Pitch me Italy. Pros for Italy. Incredibly rich, vibrant culture that's influenced so much of the world. The English speaking world, but beyond as well. Very the Roman old. Empire. Yeah. Huge amount of mythology and uh, historical significance. The Roman gods. Yeah. I'm really interested in trying to explore the Renaissance. I think that could be a big major theme for us as well. Just, yeah, that's strong. And you mentioned iconic landmarks for Australia. Italy has Italy those is littered with them. Significant. Italy, yeah. I believe, has the most heritage sites of any country <laughs> in the world or something. Or it's that close to that. Does not surprise me. But the Colosseum. The Colosseum. I mean, what can we do with that? There's a game called Pokemon Colosseum. <gasps> Alright, so I'm sold. From from <laughs> that alone, I am sold. Pisa, Venice. Venice. Just the entire city of Venice. What a good Pokemon. Montel. Yeah. Yes, there's less distinct creatures necessarily associated mm. with Italy, but one, that's not to say there's none. Yeah. And two, Pokemon has always brought in outside influences yeah. with po- yeah, those yeah. as well. My vote's for Italy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here for Italy. Yeah. We'll just hit all the major continents. Yeah. <laughs> all the major continents? What are the minor continents? <laughs> Antarctica. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's have a Pokemon game based in Antarctica. Every Pokemon is ice type, but there are only five of them. Okay, so Italy. So next up. Can um, I pitch something to you? Please, that's what we're here for. <laughs> you bring up the Renaissance. Yeah. And this this concept, I had this idea in my head. Essentially, Pokemon science and art. I've thought about that idea, yeah. But not that literal. Yeah. Exploring creativity versus procedural. Yeah, presenting them as a dichotomy. And then, of course, the way the story unfolds is that naturally you realize, oh, There's they're both so important much... and they meld. And... and there is so much overlap between yeah. those two concepts. Mm-hmm. Paldea did this a little bit. Yeah. With the past and present of mm. like... Like traditional pasty stuff and then futuristic present stuff and yeah. like how those sort of meld together and etc etc mm. I mean there's definitely something there at this because the renaissance is an explosion of art and scientific exactly like, art and science and the idea of the polymath at the time as well yeah people who like were experts in both of these overlapping mm. fields like Leonardo da Vinci yeah. was an inventor and a scientist and an artist hey get ready to hear us talk about da Vinci a lot during this season because I'm <laughs> sure he'll come up quite a bit. Start your Da Vinci counters now because (laughs) I'm sure it's going to happen. Take a swig of fruit juice every time we mention Da Vinci. (laughs) Non-alcoholic fruit juice. Eat a fruit snack. Eat a grape every time we mention Da Vinci. (laughs) Eat a grape. And to finish my pitch, so essentially 
usually Pokemon math or math and art, science and art, science and math. Third version. Third version. Pokemon <laughs> math. I'm in. That's my game. That's the one. <laughs> that I would want. be your game. The way to bridge that. You mentioned Renaissance, and I'm so glad you did because I had this very vague concept, and I think it'll fit really nicely. Okay. Recent Pokemon games have had a theme. Yeah, an overarching thing that their exploration was built around. I wanted to get to that point. Yeah, Thank you. like the setting. So in yeah. Paldea, you're attending a school. Yes, and that's a big part of it. And like, it's almost like you're on a field trip for the yeah, entire game. Yeah, all of the stuff that you're doing yeah. is basically schoolwork. Sword and Shield did it as a sports theme. You're playing throughout a sports season and gyms are sports stadiums that you're exactly. participating yeah. in. Yeah. What if our main character mm-hmm. is an intern at a museum? Oh. And so they're going around doing research uh-huh. in Renaissance stuff yeah. in both science and art. They're mm-hmm. going around collecting information on painting and famous people and mm. that kind of stuff. And we use that as a vehicle for things like gyms and, Interesting. and, and exploring the region. Interesting. Is that anything? It's not nothing. That feels so fitting, especially since we're both clearly drawn to the historical aspects mm-hmm. of Italy. Like, that's what it was about choosing this as the region. Yeah. Is that we were really attracted to the history of the place. Yeah. And so, like, leaning into that and having it be a lot of discovering things, researching and learning, and it's adjacent to the school angle from Paldea. But I think it'd be fun to have Pokemon main characters that are maybe a little bit older. We can come back to that. I want to take a step back though, back towards the themes again. So with Olsea, with Pokemon mm-hmm. North and South, we didn't lean that hard into that. Our gyms were just a regular classic gym circuit. Yeah. Drawing mostly on Unova more than anything else in that the gyms were also pulling double duty and fulfilling another function yes, in society. Yes, Such as say the Lacreen City Gym in Unova, mm-hmm. which is also a museum. <laughs> Yes. Look, I know museums have been done. Oh, I mean museums. There were museums in Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow, Green. Yes. Also, I love museums. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, we could have so many museums. (laughs) So yeah, we didn't have that theme as strongly in that. Our big theme was more we were playing with the idea of choice. That was our major theme throughout the season. And the fact that you started the games in different parts of the map, depending on which version you were playing. And that was our major distinction with exploration. And the fact that you got to explore very differently depending on which game you're playing. Mm -hmm. It's been teased in Pokemon for a long time, but Scarlet and Violet took it to the next level. Ruby and Sapphire introduced Pokemon contests as another thing you can be doing in Pokemon Uh besides regular battles and they were so fresh and different and unique at the time. Yeah. And Diamond and Pearl built on that and then they stopped doing that, which is a shame. <laughs> but you still had to do the gyms. Yes. Scarlet and Violet is the closest we've come to changing that again because we've got the three story paths throughout the game mm-hmm. that were each given equal importance yeah. within the narrative. At the very least, in a lot of early trailers and news about the games, it was presented in a way where you get to choose which way you're going to play through these games. And one thing that I think Pokemon fans have been crying out for is a way to to explore the games where you're not necessarily taking on the gym's circuit at all. And mm. so that's something I want to incorporate into season two here. I want our games to be a way we explore where you can choose. We're not doing choice as a major theme again. I'm thinking maybe discovery Ooh, as uh, kind of like a I like that. Overarching. Is that too is that too similar is that to too treasure? Similar? Is that too similar to treasure in Scarlet and Violet? It's a good word to go with though. Put a pin in that. We can yeah, still yeah, work yeah, that. Yeah. So I want you early in the game to be able to say I am taking on the gym circuit or I'm doing this I'm doing the other and not to limit your options and say you can't go and do these other paths but I want it to be that you can progress further in the game without necessarily going to these other areas one Mm. 
major flaw in Scarlet and Violet that I think we brought up a few times and we brought up in our Scarlet and Violet discussion episode mm-hmm. is the fact that there was no level scaling yep. which meant yeah you're free to explore and go in any direction you want oh your opponents are now level 50 and you haven't got any gym badges yet because you just you went in the wrong direction that's not necessarily a bad thing but they also didn't guide you into what the correct direction was really no. at all the gym badges are badges but the other story paths are also regarded as giving you badges yeah. and the game tracks them in the same way mm. there is absolutely no reason why they couldn't all be gates within the game that then trigger a level bump and then yeah. increase yeah. so that you can keep going. Absolutely. So essentially, if you choose to take the gym path, you'll be able to progress through and get the badges that let you increase the level cap on your Pokemon or whatever and keep going with that. But once you've got all those gym badges, you have reached the top, but you could also take an alternative path where you're doing something akin to Pokemon contests again mm-hmm. and you get to explore in that way. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that's also really fun if we do go with that sort of dichotomy of science and art mm-hmm. in, in regards yeah. to these different paths that mm-hmm. are like, you have to choose one or the other, you can't do both, yeah. but then they sort of meld together and you find aspects of both of them yeah. in both tracks. We'll have future episodes where we go over what different tracks could be and mm-hmm. begin planning those before we go even further, but just to know that there will be a variety of tracks. And I love the idea of working with the museum, but my thought with that is potentially you could choose to start working with the museum after the game has begun as one of the paths or okay. even or even a few different paths could lead to that same yeah, beginning yeah yeah but you don't necessarily have to be doing that because you get to discover in your own way I like that yeah yeah because I, I think it would make a good vehicle to a lot of things but yes. not necessarily everything mm-hmm. especially if you're very battle heavy another thing that should be a path that you can choose is the same as Go in the Pokemon anime or say the player of Pokemon Legends Arceus where your main goal is once again to complete the Pokedex. Yeah. You get the rewards every time you've caught so many Pokemon in the Pokedex. But what if that's also a way for you to progress through the game and be able to start training stronger Pokemon? Mm, like you hit a certain percentage of your Pokedex and now you can catch higher level Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. In the a lot. same way that Scarlet and Violet did have characters associated with the different paths as well, we'll have characters who guide you through the different paths yeah. and reward you for different ways. And do actually, you know, suggest where you go in what order. Yeah. Art and science being part of the dichotomy is good, but I don't think it should be just the two branches at that point as well. No. So I don't think those are quite what we want for the titles. No. Yeah. And like I said, when I pitched it, it's a very non-literal concept. Yeah. And expanding that to other academic subjects. Yeah. Rather than it just being those two. Yeah. And does not make just academic sense. focus as well, because I don't, yeah, I yeah, don't want no, to I be agree. too close to power. Yeah. I've got a thought about what a title for the games could be. Okay. I'm worried that if you took them out of context, you wouldn't necessarily realize that they're individual Pokemon games. Pokemon Story and Song. Oh feel like nice ways to go about it. That is what I do like about it. It's very poetic. It's very flowery. Yeah. It's very evocative of a traditional... But here's my game. Pokemon Story? That mm. doesn't feel like a mainline Pokemon <laughs> mm, game. Pokemon that's Song. Tr- that's true. If you take them without the full title there, I don't know if that together, works. Together they, they sound They sound great good. together yeah. as a pair. Alternatively, we could have the themes carry through in the same way as art, science, story, song, but have the title that's just not necessarily reflect that. Like, Scarlet and Violet could have very easily been Pokemon Past and Pokemon Future which are like I know another pair of common fan game names Diamond and Pearl could have easily been Pokemon Time and Space yeah a lot of other paired versions could have had those name themes and I think I like that better I I think that feels more unique and original for us one last thought Mm -hmm. Pokemon Comedy and Pokemon Tragedy (laughs) 
I don't hate that. <laughs> it's a bit of a mouthful. It's... Pokemon's happy and Pokemon's sad. <laughs> <laughs> because again, it's more just the fact that like, okay, yeah, I'm playing Pokemon comedy. That's fine. I'm playing Pokemon tragedy. <laughs> We could try and do gemstones again, which is always... Like, I like the mm. gemstones. Or we could try and do colours, but it's, again, like, finding things that fit. A concept for one, but I don't know what the pair would be. Okay. Marble? Oh. You know, like... I mean, like, stone is the word that comes to mind as the marble pair. Marble and stone? So, like, like, a fancy rock and, like, a less fancy rock? Well, if I type Pokemon... If I just type marble and granite, marble and quartz... Hey, fun fact, on Wikipedia, the first image for marble is the Carrara marble quarry in Italy. That's why I'm suggesting it. I'm thinking like those marble pillars. It's a quarry where it's mined even, not just like oh, that's it very being good. used there. Can I pitch Pokemon marble and Pokemon clay? Mm, I mean, of course you can. Of course you can pitch it. <laughs> yeah. Both being types of materials frequently used in Italian architecture. Yeah. Uh, and art. And art. Yeah. Clay being, you know, sculpture, additive mm -hmm. sculpture use yeah. is what you do with clay and then reductive sculpture is what oh, you do with marble. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then yeah. also both of those are just minerals coming from the earth. But one is considered respectable, very pretty, fancy stone, and the other is just some dirt that you turned into something. Yeah, that's very strong. I'm really attached to marble. Oh, yeah, I th marble's great. <laughs> it is just a matter of finding what feels like the yeah. right pair. Wait, 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 wait. I got it. Pokemon marble and bronze. Ooh. Bronze being another material used a lot in Renaissance artwork. Donatello's most famous statue is, I mean, it's not Michelangelo's David, but it's another David. Michelangelo's David being marble. Donatello's David being bronze. Ooh, that's really fun. Although he also did another one in marble. That's really fun. Because, yeah. like, marble and clay are both rock, yeah. basically. Like, they come from the earth, yeah. and bronze being like a metallic substance mm. really helps differentiate them a little bit more. Yeah. And bronze just kind of feels more... has a bit more gravitas. It does, yeah. I mean, they yeah, had yeah. gold and silver back in the day. <laughs> We've got the names of our games. Pokemon marble and Pokemon bronze. Pokemon marble and bronze. I like that. One more thing before we can be finished with this main topic for now. We need to name the we region. We need to name the region. With Ulsea, we drew on ocean as a big word, and Pacific. Like, yeah. Let's draw on the word Renaissance here. Ooh. That's our big thing, right? Yeah! Renaissance. Renaissance. I wonder how they say it in Italy. It looks like it's Renascimento in Italian, I think. My brain really wants it to start with an I. Okay. The rest of it doesn't even need to sound like Italy. I just... Get... I think it needs to end specifically Ia. I-A. Like Italia. Yeah. Okay. Rather than starting with I, I'll accept that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Renia? Rencia. 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 The Rencia region. The Rencia region. That does sound very Italian. A place to be born into your own path, in your own... To discover oneself. To discover yourself. Yes. <laughs> A place to discover yourself. Yeah. Rencia. Yeah, because then we play into it like it's not just something for children and teenagers to do. Yeah. Like anyone can be discovering their new self, their, their new path, or who they really are or whatnot. I think we're good on, on our main topic for today. I think so. So there's only one thing that's left to do for now. It's time for Who's That, that Pokemon? Pokemon? Last time in our first episode, we created Shimaruto, mm -hmm. the mascot of Pokemakers, the Pika clone of the first season of Pokemakers. But Alex, I don't want to make a Pika clone today. <gasps> 
Because of reasons that we'll get to in a future episode. I'm acting shocked as if I didn't know this already. <laughs> I want to make something else because Pika clones don't tend to be the mascot besides Pikachu anyway. Many regions feel like they have a Pokemon that kind of feels like a sort of mascot for that region. That feel like they take a special spot. Okay. If I ask you to think of a Pokemon that feels like it's a mascot for its region that's become huge in Pokemon, one of the most popular successful Pokemon of all time, what would come to mind? Lucario. Lucario was huge. It was all over Sinnoh. It had its own movie before mm. the Sinnoh games even came out. <laughs> Zoroark would follow in those footsteps later and it was never quite as popular as successful but it fits that same kind of mold. Mm. For Generation 2 though I'd say like Togepi feels like it fits Togepi, this kind of mold. Yeah. It's emblematic of Generation 2. Besides Ho-Oh which was only a golden silhouette anyway it was the first Generation 2 Pokemon introduced. It was a mark of more Pokemon to come. Rockruff and Lycanroc kind of have a, a little bit of that kind of feel to they it. They show up in a lot of promotions. Yeah stuff. Professor Kukui had one as well. Mm -hmm. They gave it a unique form as well as a third form in later games that actually yeah. get in the anime. For Galar, I would have said uh, Toxtricity, which also okay. conveys the big music theme that's going on throughout yeah. those games. Yeah. And you get, a lot of times you'll get gifted these Pokemon. We gift Pokemon in the games sure, as well, yeah. like Togepi. I want to make a Pokemon that feels like it could fit this mold of okay. feeling like a mascot and potentially something really cool and unique and that could lead its own in a movie. Okay. A little guy. Kind of. Probably a two-stage <laughs> evolution line. Do you have a concept? I've got an idea that feels like it draws on a lot of the ideas we're talking about with Rencia and would be very Italian and it's to draw on a classic Italian story that you might not necessarily realise is Italian. I want to make a Pokemon based on Puss in Boots. Ooh. Puss in Boots is originally an Italian story. Okay. I love Puss in Boots. Yeah. In the anime there was a trainer I think in Hoenn in the Hoenn League who was a rival for Ash then mm. who had a Meowth in Boots. <laughs> A moment ago, I did say, oh, I love Puss in Boots. And I was referring specifically to the version I of mean, Shrek. I mean, yes. Puss in Boots in Shrek 2 is great. I didn't realize this until I looked into the story. How much do you know about the original story of Puss in Boots, though? Very little. Yeah. One thing that I didn't know about this until I looked into this is he does defeat an ogre. Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. A guy inherits this cat and he's disappointed because his older brothers have inherited other things like land and whatever. Mm -hmm. But the cat, I guess, can talk and gets a pair of boots and then starts basically gifting things to a local king on behalf of his master and says these are gifts from my master and make, makes up a fake title for him and basically tricks his way into getting his master into the aristocracy like this guy ends up marrying the king's daughter the cat gets to live in the lap of luxury thereafter okay. and one of those steps along the way is he finds a castle that is owned by an ogre who can shapeshift and tricks the ogre into shapeshifting into a mouse which he then eats okay so this is a trickster type well yeah like I mean, the cleverer than you tricking your way into success yeah and here's the thing Puss what kind of story is it? It's a fairy tale. Are you saying this is a fairy tale? It's a fairy type. Oh. Which is also often fae. They're tricksters. It fits yeah. already anyway. It just makes perfect sense. Yeah. It probably has a secondary type that we'll get to. I'm not sure if this is necessarily an aspect of the original story, but I think there's got to be some kind of sword. Another fun aspect here is, I mean, one, it's a cat. Everyone already loves cats. And Absolutely. It's, it's a known and recognizable character. But also, a lot of these quote-unquote mascot Pokemon have been canines. Lucario is based on certain kinds of wolves or jackals mm. or Anubis. Yeah. Yeah, and you were mentioning... And Lycanroc. Zoroark. Zoro and Zoroark are yeah. 
foxes, canine. Those, those are canine, yeah. And lichen rock, rock rough, more dogs. But yeah. there's not been a cat in this mold. Yeah, let's throw a cat in here. So, yeah. Love a cat. I think cat Pokemon might be kind of popular. Consider Florigato and Masquerada, where the fur shapes sort of suggest clothes yeah, shapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get away with a lot with shaped things. Shaped fur. I think, like, say, for like the idea of the hat as well, like, that's a definite thing that would be, like, a shaped thing. And yeah. I think the boots could be as well as the, the thing. boots could be. We're making a two-stage Pokemon here is the thing. This is the evolved stage, obviously. Yeah, the full yeah, yeah. Boots. We also have an unevolved Pokemon here. And for this, Alex, it's a reminder for you. It's a story for the listeners. Because right now, I need to take you back to Canada 2020. We went to Canada for a wedding. At the airport before we leave, with our Canadian friends, we had a little bit of a conversation that became a thing for us. If Snom wore boots. If Snom wore boots. We were talking about the heavy-duty boots, the new item at the time in Pokemon that was really good on Snom and Frostmoth because it saved them from stealth rocks, but we were just imagining Snom wearing a boot. A version of which includes just a boot and Snom kind of crawling out of it. Yeah. Just head peeking out the top. What if we have a boot? Big boot and little kitten inside. Little kitten crawling around, it's like poking its head out of this boot. And it just hops around with this boot. Yeah. So it goes from like just being in an actual boot. Yeah. The boot is the same size as it would be on the evolved stage as well. Like the boot doesn't grow and like this cat just erupts out of it. I love it. Of course. So that's done. Yeah. That That's design. <laughs> and then the evolved stage we've talked about already. It's a stylized cat. In my head I'm seeing it quite a bit like Masquerada. In the way that the fur shapes provide clothing yes. shapes. But in um, this case it is renaissance gentleman kind of exactly. style. So we've got fairy. Other types that could fit here. Fighting. Uh-huh. There are not many sword moves in Pokemon, but the two damaging moves that have sword in their name are fighting type moves and originally mm. unique to the Swords of Justice. I think fairy fighting is the way to go. I think so too. And I think the smaller stage is probably pure fairy yeah. and it becomes fighting type when it evolves. Yeah. We can come back to names in a moment, but abilities, ready for this. One, there's the new ability in Scarlet and Violet, mm-hmm. Sharpness, which is on oh. Veluza and Gallade and a couple other Pokemon. It's like Iron Fist the powers up punching moves and it just introduces a new category of moves that are sharp moves oh. and it powers up a lot of those perfect yeah we just give it a lot of those leaf blade kind of moves another ability though which plays into the fact that many of the moves that are slicing moves also have high critical hit rates mm. and there are abilities that play off of that as well one such ability would be super luck which also flavorfully really works well into this idea of pussy boots in the story yeah. getting really lucky by winning favor for his master yeah, and like yeah working his way up in society or whatever. Yeah. So those would be my choices there. But then as potentially a hidden ability, Mm. it's probably less strong mechanically as well as the thing, but a new ability that functionally is the same as the item, heavy duty boots. Oh yeah. Where it's unaffected by entry hazards and things on the ground when it enters the battle. I like that a lot. Yeah. It's not as strong mechanically as the other abilities that would power up its moves, but it's a really fun flavor and it's not a bad ability by any means. Strong soul, sturdy soul. I like sturdy soul. Yeah, or sturdy soul, just singular for the name of it. Soul, S-O-L-E. Yes. We need a name. Well, we need two names, unfortunately, I'm afraid to say. The Puss in Boots Italian title is Il Gatto con Gli Stivali. For the Evolve stage, though, I also like drawing on sword play and sword words because fencing, also originally developed in Italy, a type of sword popular during 
during the late 16th century, so around about the same time as Puss in Boots and mm-hmm. the Renaissance, so it all yeah, yeah, come yeah. together here. Spada da lato. Spada da gato. Something along those lines, or just mix those together. Spada, specifically, it translates to side sword. Spada is sword, lato is side, sword on the side. So spada is the part there that is sword. Spada gato is sword or, on the cat. <laughs> or spadato. Spadato. Yeah, you've got cat coming in and sword. Sword cat. Yeah. It's sword cat. That's so good, sword cat. Spadato. Spadato. Pray for mercy from Spadato. We need a name for the pre-evolution, though. The kitten. Mm. And this one, I think, was where we'll have more boot words to draw on then. Yeah. Boot. Shoe. What was the Italian word for boot again? Stivali. Stivaliten. What's kitten rather than cat? Gattino. Gattino. Or gattina. Okay, we take kitten. Mm-hmm. Gattino. Mm-hmm. English boot. Mm-hmm. Butino. Butino? Or butina. Depending if we want to be feminine or masculine. Traditionally, it's masculine. Yeah. And, like, I think we're probably just going to kind of flip-flop and sometimes use masculine and sometimes Sometimes use feminine throughout this show. And it's going to depend on the sound and the origins yeah. of our source. Yeah. So in this case, butino. 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 Butino evolves into spadato. Does it need different abilities? I think we replace sharpness and leave the other two the same. Sure. What does Riolu have? It has two abilities the same as Lucario and one ability different. While Lucario has justified as its hidden ability, Riolu has prankster. Mm-hmm. Prankster would be fun. Yeah. A little tricky guy. Butino has for the ability prankster super luck and sturdy soul mm-hmm. spadato has sharpness super luck and sturdy soul yeah and we've made two new pokemon we've made our first pokemon the first pokemon in rencia spadato spadato So today, we have begun our new adventure for Pokemakers Season 2. We will be exploring the Rencia region, inspired by Italy in Pokemon Marble and Bronze. We've also created our first Pokemon for Season 2. We've got Butino and Spadato, who are cat fairy and fairy fighting Pokemon yeah. based on Puss in Boots, the original Italian story. I'm so excited for Season I'm 2! I'm so excited! Ah. This is fun. Yeah, I love Pokemakers so much. <laughs> yeah. For now, thank you for listening to Pokemakers. And thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. You can find other cool shows on the network such as... Green Mountain Mysteries. The Tia and Rio Show. And Cult Classics, who recently released Coltsmas. You can find us on Twitter, at Pokemakers. You can also find us both individually. I'm at Codename JD. And I'm at Pichu, P-T-C-H-E-W. And we have more social media that we'll be following soon. We're looking to set up Tumblr and Instagram. If those are already set up, there will be links. If not, check back next time. And don't forget to check us out on the Pocket Podcast Network community Discord. It's bustling and vibing and new people coming and sharing their fake mon as well. And fan art! <laughs> I'm gonna cry! It's a great time for Pokemakers. We're uh, excited and happy and fun. And speaking of exciting and happy and fun. And new. Yee. We, of course, have to thank Mike Freitag at Admiral Mara on Twitter for our theme music. Hit it, Mike. But until Until next time, gotta Gotta make them all!
Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.